This episode of Awards Chatter is brought to you by Universal Television, presenting Girls 5 Eva. Girls 5 Eva follows a one-hit wonder 90s girl group who attempts a comeback while hilariously navigating family and relationships, plus the joys and pains of middle age. The show stars Sarah Bareilles, Renee Elise Goldsbury, Paula Pell, and Busy Phillips. Don't miss the series critics call the funniest show on television. Girls 5 Eva is now streaming on Netflix and is for your Emmy consideration for Outstanding Comedy Series and all other eligible categories. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to a very special 178th episode of Awards Chatter, the Hollywood Reporters Awards podcast. I'm the host, Scott Feinberg, and my guest today which marks the second birthday of this podcast, is one of the hottest stars in Hollywood right now. A 32-year-old Israeli who recently portrayed DC Comics' most iconic female character in the first big studio superhero film ever to primarily center on a female protagonist, in a film that, thanks in no small part to her performance, turned out to be the hit of the summer, garnering a 92% favorable rating on RottenTomatoes.com and grossing more than $800 million worldwide. I'm talking about the star of Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman herself, the truly lovely Gal Gadot. But with this being the first episode of the podcast of the current Oscar season, we are also going to introduce a new feature before the interview, something that is going to happen on each episode through the Oscars, and that is going to be a little bit of banter between myself and a colleague from The Hollywood Reporter discussing what's happened since the previous episode. In this case, it's our first, so we'll talk about what's happened over the past week, and for that... I am very pleased to welcome the executive editor of Features for The Hollywood Reporter, my distinguished colleague, Stephen Galloway. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for joining me, especially after four days already with me at the Telluride mm-hmm. Film Festival we've just returned from. And I want to talk about that because that is sort of the unofficial kickoff every year of the Oscar season. And I wonder, in your view, what was the big takeaway from this year's? I thought it was an excellent Telluride, beyond the fact that it's simply lovely to see good movies, Mm -hmm. which you can't for much the year. I thought there were very good films this year. There wasn't one that I categorically fell head over heels with, like I did Moonlight last year, and other people did with La La Land. Mm -hmm. But I thought there were some terrific films that are going to be very strong entries. Battle of the Sexes, about the famous Billie Jean King, Bobby Riggs tennis match, Mm -hmm. has yet again a wonderful Emma Stone. And It's maybe the most commercial of the films that we saw for Fox Searchlight. Mm -hmm. They had a very different film from Guillermo del Toro, which I admired as I admire him very much, based in some ways on the creature from the Black Lagoon. The film's called The Shape of Water. Mm -hmm. And Darkest Hour, which is a British period piece with Gary Oldman as a sensational Winston Churchill, will fill that period piece play ugly, play period, play an accent, wins you an Oscar category. I think those are the ones to look out for. I was a bit surprised at downsizing 
really didn't go down great. Well, let's contextualize what that one's about. This is the Alexander Payne dramedy starring Matt Damon that had opened the Venice Film Festival just a few days earlier, came over, got the premiere spot in the Telluride schedule as the patron's preview, and did not go over quite as well. It had won rave reviews from the trades on the Lido. Here it comes to the Rockies, and it just didn't click as much. Why do you think that was? I'm really not sure. I liked it. I love Matt Damon always. I thought it was a very, very good performance from an actress that I didn't know, Hong Chao, Mm -hmm. which we can talk about later, maybe a bit controversial. She plays a Vietnamese woman with a very, very marked accent. I think it may have something to do with tone, that this is, as you say, a dramedy. Dramedies are complicated things. It's not quite a drama and it's not quite a broad comedy. It's not got the emotional heft of a drama and not the outrageous satire that makes us feel very comfortable Mm -hmm. laughing. Mm -hmm. We'll see. There's some films that sit a lot better with you two weeks later. Yeah. Now, if that one sort of generally underwhelmed people, the one that I think exceeded expectations maybe more than any other and which I believe was your favorite, I won't speak for you, but it was certainly I think mine at the fest, was of all things Angelina Jolie's Khmer language two-plus-hour film about Cambodia called First They Killed My Father, which is going to be out on Netflix and in select theaters on September 15th, very soon from now. I would never, based on her prior filmography, have expected such a a polished and interesting film, would you? I was stunned. I liked some of her things, but I've not been in love with them as a director. And this one, by the way, when it began, you probably remember, I kind of nudged you, which I always hate doing, saying, wow, this doesn't look so good. (laughs) Wow, I was wrong. And we should tell the audience that we were actually meant to leave early and rush to another screening. And I nudged you again and said, you know, we have to watch this all the way through and stay for the Q&A. And it sits well for me the further I move from it, not only because it's very authentic and emotional, but it has a sort of poetic tone, which is very difficult to pull off. And usually I'm leery of that. You know, when you say, well, this is kind of a tone poem. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh, not for me. Yeah. But it really worked. And the interesting thing there is that Angelina Jolie has dual citizenship. Not only is she an American, but she's also technically now a Cambodian. She adopted her oldest son, Maddox, from Cambodia 16 years ago and has been a citizen, I think, since 2005. And as a result of that, as well as the fact that her film was primarily made by Cambodian talent and is in the official language of Cambodia, Khmer, and is about the country of Cambodia, it may very well end up being the submission for that country into the Oscar race for Best Foreign Language Film. So all of a sudden, we may be talking about Angelina Jolie's Oscar-nominated film there, but also some people are talking about even beyond that category, and and so we'll see about that. But I want to move on to the fact that it seemed to me that more than any one breakout film, and there are some people that really love Darkest Hour, there are some people that really love Battle of the Sexes, but it seems like the bigger trend out of this year's Telluride was that people really responded to certain performances more than films. And I wonder if you can highlight some of those that most impressed you. I have to start by saying I don't entirely agree with you. I don't think there was a complete breakout slumdog millionaire that no one can beat this movie. Right. But I felt some of these films got a very strong response and a passionate response. Shape of Water, some people loved. Mm -hmm. Darkest Hour had a very spotlight vibe for me, meaning when I walked out of it, I kept hearing people talk about this the way they did Spotlight. And you know which picture won the Oscar that year? Look, Emma Stone is emerging as 
one of the great actors of her generation mm-hmm. and didn't disappoint. There's no question she'll get a nomination. It's early to win a second Oscar, yeah, yeah, yeah. but she's going to be in the running. By the way, to be thoroughly entertained, and people were by that movie, is not a bad thing. And it was also going to be helped by the fact that Billie Jean King is so much behind the movie, which she's obviously who Emma Stone's playing. Emma Stone is made to look a lot like her. She's portraying a very emotionally tough period from Billie Jean King's life. And so to have that as sort of extra win behind the sails is, is only going to help Emma Stone. But let's also talk, we've said Emma Stone, we've said Gary Oldman. One movie we haven't yet talked about is Lady Bird, which I know you liked a lot. I liked as well. It features somebody who I think is also one of the great actresses of her generation. And that is Saoirse Ronan, who's been, she's already a two-time nominee. She's 23, I believe. And yeah, I mean, I think she was nominated when she was like 13 for Atonement, then for one of my favorite movies, Brooklyn, two years ago. And now she's playing a version of Greta Gerwig in a movie directed by Greta Gerwig, her first solo directorial effort. Let's give that a little attention. You know, it's interesting because I saw the performance and I wasn't bowled over by it. Mm-hmm. And then as I moved away, I thought, hold on a second. I wasn't bowled over by because I believed it yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah. The very thing that can hold you back in the Oscars is you don't see the mechanism. Mm-hmm. By the way, Oscar voters like to see the mechanism. But as I moved away, I thought, my God, this is actually a stunning performance. Again, she got the tone dead right. You absolutely believe that this Irish woman is from (laughs) Sacramento. And I put a name back on my list for roundtables and things like that because I think it's actually a wonderful, wonderful performance with great support from Laurie Metcalf, Tracy Letts. People know as a playwright, but he's also a Tony winner for Virginia Woolf. And some lovely supporting actors. Absolutely. Yet again, Lucas Hedges. I shouldn't tell you the twist in the story, but there is a lovely twist with his character. And all these actors made it so real that you never saw the acting. And I think that what you're referring to, I think, might be helpful for listeners to know that actors determine the acting nominees. But then when the next round of voting happens and we're here to pick winners, the whole Academy gets to weigh in on everything. So I think showier performances tend to win because the reality is, even though the actor's branch is the largest in the Academy, they are still vastly outnumbered in the second round by, you know, makeup artists and cinematographers and people who acting is not their their forte. And so they, I think they respond often more to acting like Gary Oldman's in this particular movie, Darkest Hour, where there's no denying that he's doing something that you is clearly far from him. himself. Yeah, As Churchill, the, the makeup alone should win an Oscar because yeah. it's just remarkable. You're right. And I think it's one thing that's hurt somebody like Tom Hanks because he's so natural and has Mm -hmm. such a gift for that that you often don't see the acting. And it's a shame that brilliant acting can be hurt because you don't see how difficult it is. I guess that was, you know, Spencer Tracy and certain people really were were the epitome of that. And he did end up winning a few Oscars, but it's not something that has been rewarded as often. And great film acting is a different thing than great theatre acting. Yes. Laurence Olivier without question, was extraordinary on stage, but often in film felt a bit theatrical. Interesting. Well, let's turn to the coming days and weeks. We are here in L.A. today and then moving tomorrow, in my case, to Toronto for the next big stop on this award circuit, which is the Toronto International Film Festival. That is very different from Telluride. Telluride's a a small, intimate thing in the middle of nowhere. Even the press has to pay to go and attend. You can have a situation as we had going from the airport to 
the hotel and be sitting next to Alejandro Gonzalez and Aritu or Natalie Portman or whatever. Now you go to Toronto and it's a big production, hundreds of movies, big premieres, very different feel. And I wonder, as you've been scouting the upcoming films for the roundtables that you will end up moderating and things like that, are there any titles that are going to be unveiled at Toronto that have you excited as opposed to what we've already seen out of Telluride? There are a few pictures coming up that I really want to see. For instance, I, Tanya, mm-hmm. Margot Robbie is meant to be terrific. Mm-hmm. As, Tanya as the ice skater, yes. I don't know if that film has distribution yet. Not yet. So when it opens, who releases it? That, that also is a question facing the Christian Bale picture, Hostiles, yes. a beautiful Western. So there's nothing I'm looking forward to seeing that is, for me, a, a must-see. There are some pictures that will come into the race, and I'm sure, as always, there'll be surprises. Yes. What about you? Well, as you say, surprises. I'm kind of, I'm kind of hoping for uh, one or two of those in Toronto. I just remember my favorite memories of that festival are going in with zero expectations, zero awareness of Juno or Slumdog Millionaire or 127 Hours or movies like that. So I'm really hoping that there is something like that. But the ones that are on the radar right now as world premieres there include The Current War, which is Benedict Cumberbatch as I think Thomas Edison or George Westinghouse, one or the other. You've got The Upside, which is Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston recreating the movie The Untouchables from a few years ago. As you say, I, Tanya. Then there's Kings, which I don't, you know, many of these we don't know that much about yet. But, you know, hopefully they will, they will. Right now, there is only one Goliath waiting and looming. And that's what's now called The Post, the Steven Spielberg picture. Yes. And there is certainly room for a knockout punch to be delivered. Absolutely. A lot to look forward to, including, we should note, in this week's issue of The Hollywood Reporter, a big profile Right from Lake Como, written by one Stephen Galloway of one George Clooney. And so people can look forward to that, as well as the roundtables, which will start rolling out around November. Yes, early November, in print and later on the Sundance Channel. Now that we're talking about Clooney, I just want to add, Toronto will also include Suburbicon, which was in Venice, and Mother with Jennifer Lawrence, which was also in Venice. So a few of those movies that skip Telluride but are coming to Toronto for their first North American screenings. Stephen Galloway, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. And now for this episode's contender interview with Wonder Woman's Gal Gadot. Over the course of our conversation at the Four Seasons in Los Angeles, Gadot and I discussed a wide range of topics. Among them, how a tomboy from Tel Aviv went in a span of just a few years from high school to winning Miss Israel, to serving in the Israeli army, to studying law and international relations, to auditioning for the role of a Bond girl in the 007 film Quantum of Solace. Why, even though that part didn't pan out, She still fell in love with acting and, before long, was popping up in America in the final four installments of the Fast and the Furious film series. What the top-secret process was through which she wound up cast as Wonder Woman, first in a cameo in 2016's Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and then as the star of her own standalone film in 2017, and the reasons why not everyone was thrilled about her selection. What it was like for her making Wonder Woman with Patty Jenkins, what she makes of its tremendous reception and the conversations about gender that it has started, how she's handling her newfound fame, and what she dreams of doing next, plus much more. So without further ado, let's go to that conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. We thank appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We're very excited. <laughs> and we always begin with just the basics. Where were you born and raised, and what did your folks do for a living? I was born in Israel, in a city called Petah Tikva. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my parents, my dad is an engineer. His name is Michael. And my mom, Irit, is a teacher. And your 
suburb in Israel where you're from. It's near Tel Aviv. Yes. That's cool. I, I have family in Harnoff near Jerusalem. So Really? I, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, Harnoff is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of, of have you. you ever been? Oh, many times. Really? Yeah, a bunch of, probably seven, eight times to Israel. Yeah, because wow. I still have a lot of family there. So, so you liked it? I love Israel. Good. I think it's great. And I'm going next week. You're going back home? Yeah. It's the longest I've been away. It's been seven months. but now So we're... the first time since the movie. The first time since the movie. Wow. Yeah. This is yeah, going to be yeah, interesting. Yeah. This is going to be intensive. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, what? in Israel, it's always, you know, I have been well known in Israel for long time now yeah. and and i'm very curious to see how if it's if anything's gonna change well i've been reading a lot of their local coverage since the movie just in preparation for this and i don't think they've ever had anything quite like this like <laughs> bar and people have done things but not to have a huge blockbuster built around them how do you think they're gonna respond I try not to think yeah, about it too it. much, but because uh, you know, with me, I, I do what I do, and the side effect of what I do is the fame right. and the celebrityness right. of right. of everything, and and it's not something like it's not that I hate it, right. but I, it's not something that I really enjoy. Sure. I like to keep everything yeah, normal. Yeah, yeah. I like to go to the store. Yeah. <laughs> I like to walk everywhere in Tel right. Aviv. So I'm hoping that it will be normal, right. but I'm open to any scenario. Well, I think you better get ready to be appreciated because they're very excited. <laughs> I guess one question that I will bring up before we go, you know, we kind of go chronologically, but what sort of an upbringing do you have? Was it very observant? Was it, you know, what were you into as a kid? That kind of stuff. So people know where you're coming from. I was a very outgoing, very confident girl. Mm-hmm. I was very friendly because I was an only child until I was almost eight wow. and I love company and I love people so and I was always looking you know to for for company I was very active my mom is a physical education teacher mm-hmm. so growing up there was never sitting watching TV after school she gave me the ball and she said go out and play That's with great. the neighbors So I was very active. I did lots of different type of sports. And I think that when I started to dancing, when I started to dance, that was, you know, my, my biggest passion right. growing up. So I would say that my friends and dancing was a huge part of my growing up. So by the time you're, I guess, I don't know if you guys also call it high school, but by the equivalent of the end of high school, what did you think you were going to be doing with the rest of your life? That's funny. <laughs> so part of me wanted to be a choreographer. Okay. And I was thinking about doing that. But then Ali McBeal, the show, yeah. was really big. Yeah. And coming from a Jewish family <laughs> that like the normal thing to do is go after, you, you know, after school, you go to the army. After the army, you go to university. And I loved the style of Ali yeah. McBeal. Uh, I was thinking about becoming a lawyer. But neither of them happened. <laughs> so instead, what happened when you, I guess, turned 18? How do you end up? Miss Israel, had you been modeling before that? No, not at all. I was so I was a student and a dancer, right? right? And I was and I was approached several times by agents that offered me like to join their agency to become yeah. a model. And I was always looking down <laughs> at modeling saying, right. Ugh, posing and get right. money for posing. It's so shallow. Cut to two years later. That's exactly what I did. But <laughs> and not so you're not just doing no, it. You're at the top of the Miss mountain. Israel, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Miss Israel was back at 
in the days we were a very you know prestige very respectful pageant to go to and I had like six months doing nothing before my service in the army and my mom and a friend reached out to them and sent a photo of me and then they reached out to me saying that they want me to be in, within the 20 girls and I said fine great it's a story to tell my grandkids yeah. <laughs> you know grandma right. was competing in this Israel <laughs> And then I won, which freaked the shit out of me. <laughs> Why? I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't you can know say anything you want on this. This is um, so. Way. I don't know. I think I was very young. I was 18 and a half, and the title is bigger than you know than what it really is. But you know, I I, I didn't try to win, and I won. And then I was. They sent me to Miss Universe, and I freaked out that it's going to happen again. <laughs> Why would that be bad, though? That would... Because then if you win the Miss Universe, then... So I freaked out with Miss Israel right. because then I lost my... Like, I wasn't an, a non... Like, I wasn't uh, incognito anymore. Was gone, yeah. Exactly. So, and, and it was kind of, you know, overwhelming yeah. for me. And then I went to Milano and to London and Paris to do some modeling for a few months just to escape Tel Aviv. Yeah. So I'm not going to be caught by the paparazzi. Right. It was really, it got that that big in... No, Israel. Miss Israel was a huge deal. Wow. Back in the days. Yeah, back no, in 2004. <laughs> oh my God, 13 years ago. Oh, yeah. So you're at Miss Universe and you're not putting in a great effort. Not at all. <laughs> On the contrary. Coming down late, like, it's so crazy when you go to these places. Look, on the one hand, it's wonderful. You get to meet so many women for so many different mm -hmm. cultures from different parts of the world, and it's, and it's great, and it's an, a beautiful experience. On the other hand, it's like, go down for breakfast and make sure you have an evening gown <laughs> and do this and do that. And full makeup, and I, I, I still don't know how to wear makeup. I was just telling, I came from Photoshoot now, and I was telling my makeup artist that she has to teach me teach how me? to wear makeup. Well, I that's can't quite an amazing thing to, to be winning beauty contests without but, knowing how to do but makeup. But they do, the, they, they they do you. it for you. <laughs> but I was just, you know, knowing that if you're going to be Miss Universe, then you're going to have to move to New York for a year, and I didn't want to go away from my family. Mm. I was a kid. I was but such a child. you could have met Donald Trump. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah. Look at <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I think that oh, probably was his, his era, right? It was, it was. I saw him there. He came and he Oh, you did? Himself. Did you meet him there? I didn't. I, I, he shook our hands and introduced himself. He, like, I, apparently, he just enjoyed, you know, dropping into the way. into the dressing room. So maybe maybe you didn't realize. <laughs> I was dressed. <laughs> I was dressed. It wasn't up to. He wasn't up right, to me. Right. No, but it's 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 just not me. Yeah. Honestly, these competitions and pageants and like it's not who I am. Right. And I knew that, and I just didn't want to be there. But but it all worked out. And it so what fun. you were thinking though is. Already at that point, law and international relations, or not yet? At that point, I pushed my service in the Army mm -hmm. in a year, and uh, I was working as a model. Mm -hmm. And then when I came back to Israel, I went to the Army, and after the Army, well, let's I... just tell people who don't know that the Israeli Defense Forces, you have to do, everybody oh, does two no, years, right? Have, it's mandatory. You have to do it. Women has to go for two years. Men has to go for three years. Anyone 18 and over, right? Yes. After high school, you know, it's an interesting thing because in an ideal world, 
and it might sound naive or whatever, but honestly, if, if we lose our naivete, then we're, nothing is left right. in this world. Right. In an ideal world for me, we will all be able to live in coexistence and be friends and work together. Because I, I truly, truly believe that, you know, everyone has the same objectives. Everyone wants to have their health and family mm-hmm. and to have money to to live from and and that's it but at the know? same time you're as an israeli inherently realistic time, enough to... you know realistically talking this is part of being israeli right. that, that's that's you you have to you have to yeah. give back to the country and you know it's and it's, you never know when you might be needed because you're surrounded by folks yeah, who aren't happy you're there but not happy to have us yeah. there and yeah. so when you were in the service was that when the most recent israeli syria conflict happened so you were there probably like what oh five oh six i was there oh five till till the end of oh six yeah so was that just before the that was just before so when you were in there though what was your responsibility so i was what they call a combat instructor mm-hmm and then you go for a boot camp for three months and they like, they kill you there. <laughs> you, you have to, you stay in the base for three months and you work out every day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and you run around and they teach you about physics and anatomy and whatnot. And then they place you wherever they think you might be right. And I was actually placed in a very nice base mm-hmm. in the center, uh, very close to Tel Aviv, mm-hmm. and I was able to go home every oh, day. Oh, that's great. At the end of the day, I was like a gym instructor. Yeah. You know? Prepping I, people. For... Prepping people, keep them, kept them in shape. At that time, were you in better shape then or when you did Wonder Woman? Oh, Wonder Woman, I was like in a whole different, different level. level. Okay, so we'll come to that. But I know that you probably were still in pretty great shape back with uh, IDF. But okay, so you come out of the army and you now decide you're going to go to study law, international relations. Or? Exactly. It sounds good. <laughs> it's impressive. It sounds yes. good. Very impressive. Law and international relationships. With the goal of doing what ultimately? With the goal, uh, God knows. Honestly, it's like the worst thing I could ever done to myself <laughs> because I'm so bad when it comes to conflicts. I like harmony. Mm-hmm. I like when people get along. Yeah. Like I don't want to mess with yeah. tension and fights. And but I went there because I I I don't know. I I you know what? In a funny way, now when I look back, when you have a verdict and you read it, it's very similar to a script oh, in a yeah. way. He said that, he said that, yeah. then they went to the, it's like a story, yeah. right? But I don't know, I just went there hoping that something's good gonna come out of it. And you're in there for a year, <laughs> and in the middle of that, <laughs> not loving it, it sounds like. No, just going with the flow. Going with the flow. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's hard to know what you want to yeah. do nowadays. Yeah, when you're young. Yeah. yeah. So, but you're in there not loving it. And then how do you end up for the first time, I guess, being asked to actually yeah, perform? Yeah, this casting director flew from London and she was casting the Bond movie. Quantum of Solace. Exactly. Good research, <laughs> man. You did your homework. I don't come here. I'm going to waste like, your time. Was it Casino on. Royale or Quantum? <laughs> and she was looking for the Bond girl. And 
obviously I was not an actress, but she went to my agency and she saw my card on the board. So she just happens to be in Israel. And she asked to see me. No, she was looking for the Bond in girl. In Israel, okay. So yeah. she goes there. And she went to different agencies yeah. and she saw my card and she this asked This is now a to... modeling agency that yes. she's seeing. Okay. Yes. Okay. Like my agency is modeling and acting. And, uh, That's right. why she right. was there. And then my agent sent me the sides, and I told him the first time he spoke to me about it, I said, no, I'm, <laughs> Jonathan, I'm not going to go. It's, you know, it's, I'm not an actress. It's all in English. And, you know, I'm in law school right now <laughs> doing more Bigger important things. things. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And then the day of the audition, he called me and he said, where are you? And I said, at the campus. What do you mean? Right. I told you I'm not going to go to this. And he said, what? You were serious? <laughs> It's the Bond movie. How can you say no to it? I'm like, Jonathan, I'm not an actress. What do you want me to He said, just go out right. of respect. Like, pay respect her and just go. Mm -hmm. Just go now. Mm -hmm. Okay? So I go there and I drive. And I do the worst <laughs> thing because I had two scenes. And while I'm driving, I'm trying to read the, the shortest right. scene. And I get into this room and I tell her, hey, so nice to meet you. Listen... I don't want to I don't want to waste your time. I'm not an actress, but you know, I'm I'm very honest. Mm -hmm. But my agent told me to blah blah blah. <laughs> so, if you don't want me to read, it's fine. I totally get it. It's And then she said, "Wow, I this is so refreshing <laughs> in English in proper Brit." Right. This is so refresh. I would actually love for you to to read at least one of the scenes, and so I did. Right and on the spot said, or you have a little time to go No, no, no. The first one, it was like literally a few lines okay, okay. that I figured out and I read it and she was happy. And then she said, I'm going to be here for three, four more hours. So go outside, learn the other scene yeah. and I'll, I'm going to help you out. So I did. <laughs> and it wasn't even about getting the part. It was like I was feeling bad, like I wanted to please her because I felt bad. I had guilt trip. Right. I don't know even why. <laughs> so I did, and I get him back into the room, and she helps me. And then everything went really well. Yeah. She didn't cast me for this one. Right. But throughout this experience, I really, I had another call back and another call back, and I well, realized that it's fun. So that one you find out you didn't get goes, I guess, ultimately to... Olga Kurilenko, but you now, I guess, because you'd enjoyed the audition or whatever, you started taking acting classes? No. No classes. You're <laughs> no, just doing, I, you're the natural. No, not <laughs> that either. I did that. And then while I did all the callbacks, I started to work with an acting coach. Okay. And through this experience, I was like, wow, this is fascinating. This is so much more exciting than going to freaking law school. Right. <laughs> And this so is I told my agent while listen, you're waiting to hear about Quantum of Solace. Yes. Okay. So I told my agent, listen, if anything comes up, let me know. It's it's actually pretty I'm I'm very intrigued. Okay. So let me know. And then a few couple of months later, I land my first role for a TV series, Israeli TV yeah. series. Wow. It was late. Which is like I'm so ashamed of it, but it's <laughs> it was the best school for me into this world. Very and so intensive. You did that for just a little bit though, right? And I did that. I shot the show. We shot the first season and then it was funny, the last day of the shoots, mm -hmm. the same casting director called me and cast me for Fast and Furious. Just on the spot? You didn't have to come in no, and no, do... No, 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 she sent the She sent the sides, and then I had to do the whole That's process. That's amazing. Of, so yeah. at that point, is that when you first 
moved to America? Have you moved to America? What's, no, I just you did. just recently moved. Just recently. So at that point, you were just commuting. Yes. And and in the case of Fast and Furious, where we'll remind people you were a part of four, five, six, and seven, Giselle, the motorcyclist ex Mossad agent. Right. So you got that through video auditions, or did you come and meet Justin? I Lang? sent a tape. Yeah. And after the tape, they asked me to come and do the camera test. Okay. And then I got the part. And that's 2008. I heard that Justin Lin really liked that you had been in the IDF. What was that about? I don't know. I think that because it's a rare thing, women going to the army, I think that it, it that just this piece of information was something that it got really excited yeah, he got about. Excited. But was he maybe more excited that you are a good motorcyclist? I am not. You're not? And I know good. that you read it on Wikipedia. It may be one of the several places. So you're not a, not a good motorcyclist. No, 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 not at all. And we tried to drop drop it down, and they wouldn't let us change it. Isn't it weird? <laughs> well, they can I now source this as the thing like that the says. The most thing that I do is Vespa, <laughs> and it's not being a badass motorcycle. But you were a convincing badass when you needed to be in Thank the movies. Thank you. So, okay, so now... One other part of that period, which it's not a fun part to bring up, but I guess you were friends with good friends with Paul Walker mm-hmm. from those movies together. It seemed like with the seventh, which I think was the first one that he wasn't, a, or well, he was digitally largely included. Yeah, that one. It seemed like everybody got a lot closer after that. Not that you weren't close before, but did it bring, in a weird way, bring you all even closer? Well, it's hard for me to to say because I wasn't a big part of Fast and Furious 7. And so I wasn't there with everyone when when Paul died. And I don't know what was the dynamic of the cast back then, just because I was not there. I loved Paul and I adored him from the very first moment that I met him because it was so grounded Mm -hmm. and down to earth and like the cutest, coolest dude. And so real as well. And it, it's funny cause, because I, I wasn't in touch with him in between projects. So it was one movie, and then I, I know that I'm going to see him in the yeah. next one, et cetera, et cetera. And I was living in Israel. Right. So for me, I still don't realize that he died right. because you like, if there's going to be another yeah. movie, some part of me thinks that I'm going to see Paul because that's just the way yeah. it is for me. But it's super, super tragic yeah. and... Well, you're part of Hard some of his to. most memorable things that will live on for, you know, forever. So that's got to be a nice part of it. But yeah. when you were a kid growing up in Israel, were comic books even something that we were aware of? Aware? They, yeah. But, but they weren't fan. part of your life. No. Yeah. Okay. So when in your life was the first time you even heard of Wonder Woman? I don't know. I don't have a clear moment where I'm like, oh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> It's something that I was always aware of. It's like Superman, and it's like a household name. Everyone knows about them and what mm-hmm. what what it means. But I didn't know much about her, of her. I knew of her. I didn't know much right. about her. So in the middle, I guess, at some point of the whole Fast and Furious years, you get a call asking you to audition, but you don't know what you're auditioning. How does, how does somebody even ask you to come audition for something when you don't know what you're auditioning for? How do they convince you to show up? (laughs) Super weird. Well, I was on the verge of quitting everything and just whatever, go back to Israel. The rejection? 
you were finding in Hollywood trying to do things outside of the Fast and Furious movies, you were not getting traction. I had so many almosts. Yeah. And like for big, great things, but I was never a big enough of a name. And they always need someone who's more like it was always me and the big name. Right. And it reached a point where, look, I never planned on all of this. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm the luckiest girl in the world and I'm the best version of myself when I do that. But I never planned on all of this. And, and it, when, when you have family, but by then I already I was married and I had my first daughter and going back and forth from Israel and dragging everyone with me and trying and feeling the pressure of coming here now I gotta book something I gotta I gotta get a part I gotta get a role in something because we're here and right. now is the time right and there's so many almost and you do like I did a bunch of camera tests that were like you if, if you're gonna get it it's gonna change I can't tell you how many times I heard well, let's, so we once you do it now. it's gonna change your life <laughs> Bye-bye. my my listeners will murder me if I don't ask you what were some of the things you went out for I can you can I I don't know can I yeah, I think of course. I can why not it happened you're not taking yeah you didn't. I was runner-up for Mad Max with Shirley's yeah and then I wasn't, you know, and surely it's like, I love, it's funny because, it, you know, we have Patty Jenkins in common. Yeah, we have, yeah. I had a few, a few stuff with her. There was another one. What was it? It wasn't successful eventually, but it was a huge, I don't remember, okay. but there was a bunch more. Yeah. And it was just came to a point when I was like, I don't want to do this to my family. If it's not going to work, why push it? Wasn't part of it also. I read a quote here. Quote, when I moved here, I was told that to make it, I should go to parties and clubs. That's bullshit. You book your job because you do the work, not because you go out and mingle, close quote. But at that, it's easy to say that now. At the time, were you... No, but I'm, I'm such an old soul yeah. in a way. Like when it comes to going out and mingling and parties, it's like, I, I don't like it. <laughs> it's work for me. Right. And, and I always knew that if I need to, to like, I'm not going to get a part like this. Right. It's, it's just not... The so the whole it, it thing works. was like just demoralizing. So yeah, and I got tired, and and I was like, does it really worth it? Like I enjoy it, but now with family, my kids should always comes first. Am I doing the right thing? Traveling, taking her out of school, blah blah blah. So they called me for what? My my agent called me saying that Warner Brothers called her to say that they want to audition me for this secret project. And by that time, I had one week left in Los Angeles. I was here. You had a ticket to leave? Oh, we we never stayed here for longer than two, okay. three months. But in your mind, it would have been the last time. Yes. In my mind, if I'm not going to book anything, like I, I told Iran, my husband, I don't know when will be the next time we're going to be here. Like, it's okay. I, I can work in Israel. You have your, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had one week left. And I did the audition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What did that even involve? It was, they sent me a scene that was not even from the movie. And they just wanted me to read that. Mm -hmm. And I got into the room with Laura Kennedy and with Zack Snyder Mm -hmm. and with Christy. And and I did the scene and it went, went well. And... Zach and I had a great chemistry from the very first get-go because we started to talk about our families and he's like such an amazing family guy. He has 
seven kids mm-hmm. and you know we showed each other photos yeah. of the kiddos blah, blah 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 and then i left back to israel to shoot a movie in israel i'm gonna just stop you for one second because on that day were you aware of them testing other people as well that was only later okay so you go back in to israel i go back to israel forget about everything right. right i'm like i don't even know what this project right. is and i'm shooting a different movie so my right. head is there <laughs> right But I don't know how many weeks it was, but a few weeks afterwards, my agent called me and she said, they want you to do the camera test with Ben. And by that time, yeah, by that time, we know it's for Batman versus Superman. And then I'm like, okay, cool. What am I being tested for? (laughs) What's the part? And she said, wait a second, didn't you don't know? I said, no. Do you know? She said, no. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Okay, but I'll do the camera test. So right. she had Zach called me, and and then he called me, and then he told me about Wonder Woman, and I was like... Was that exciting to you? Are you kidding me? It was like... Cra- but, but it was exciting because you knew it was a big deal, but you weren't like a personally invested Wonder Woman fan. No, but everything that she represents. It's like when you come to this city, there's and, and you're a beginner and like a beginner actress... Mm-hmm. There's so many general meetings with writers right. and producers and directors, and they always ask you the same question. What is your dream role? Mm-hmm. And I was always like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I just want to play the real woman who's strong and confident and show the better side of women mm-hmm. that we don't, you know, we see from time to time, but it's not yeah. exactly what we see all the time yeah, in the yeah. movies. And then I land Wonder Woman, and for me, it was like, oh my God, that was my dream role. Like, only afterwards, I realized that that was that pretty much exactly what I was talking about. But before you landed it, you came back for your camera test, and what did that day look like? Crazy, because I came, I was shooting the Israeli movie, remember? So I had to travel. I was here for like 36 hours. Uh. So I was jet lagged as, uh, I was like crazy, like, it was. It was great. <laughs> I didn't know my name. I was very tired, but I was so excited. And I really, really wanted to have that. And I landed, went to the hotel, to the London hotel, yeah. went to sleep, woke up, went to the audition. And then there were several trailers. Yeah. And I knew that in each of them was one of the really? of the other girls. Yeah. <laughs> And then they don't let you out. Because they don't want you You're to like, see each other? You're like, you have to stay in your trailer, okay? Whatever you do, just stay around, okay? <laughs> don't leave the trailer. Right. Then you're like, okay, fine, thinking that they're going to call me in like half an hour, right. 45 minutes, oh. an hour. Okay, maybe an hour and a half. Like, Are I was there kidding? for hours. I don't even know how so many. So what were you even doing? Going crazy, yeah. losing my... Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was very stressful. Right. And I was tired as well. So it's like the stress and tiredness. And then the very sweet makeup artist that Mm -hmm. did my makeup actually later on Mm -hmm. in the movie, Victoria, came inside and she saw how tired I was. So she started to massage me with peppermint oil. And she told me, you need to be like, I have a good feeling about you. Just let's try to wake up. And then I called (laughs) Yaron. Yeah. And he was like, just play some music. <laughs> just, well, just dance. Right. Like, do what you like to do best. Right. 
And then I did. So I put on some music and what, I was dancing music? in the trailer. I was dancing Diva. Diva? D- okay. d- d- diva is a female <laughs> version of a hustler. Of a, like literally dancing, doing everything in the trailer. And then once the song over, yeah. finished, they knocked on the door and they asked me to come. Perfect timing, right? Yeah. And I was like all pumped up, ready to go. And how soon after that did you find out you'd actually gotten it? A few weeks. Good, good few weeks. When I left back to Israel, I was feeling really good because mm-hmm. I felt like I did a good addition. But then again, like I had a few of these before right. that I feel good, but right. then I don't get it. But because I knew the part, I was like so hoping that it's going to happen. Right. And then the second week, I was starting to doubt myself. not hearing anything they're not calling by the third week I'm like fuck them <laughs> that's fine right I don't need that like right. they're lost right on the fourth week like it's been like on and off yeah. and ups and downs and then finally they called me to to say that I got the point. where were you what was your reaction I was in On an airplane okay. <laughs> just landed in right. LAX for okay. a different job okay still seated to the seat <laughs> and I'm opening my phone after the long flight and I see like I don't know how many missed phone calls from my agency <laughs> so I call them back and then they get everyone on the line and they say gal you are Wonder Woman and then I go ah, <laughs> so, sorry guys if I was to <laughs> and then I started to scream in the middle of the airplane right and And everyone are looking at me like, oh, what the hell is wrong with this, with this girl? Call um, TSA. Exactly. <laughs> But you can't say anything to anyone, right? Because they didn't release anything. So they told me you can't um. say anything. So I go there. I, obviously, I called my husband. Yeah. I go to the hotel I, to speak to my parents, to my sister. Blah, blah, blah. But no one can say anything. Right. And then I remember... that I had because I came to Los Angeles for a different job for whatever and I had to wake up really early the next day yeah so I remember lying down on the bed staring at the ceiling thinking to myself oh my god I'm gonna be Wonder Woman I'm gonna be freaking Wonder Woman oh my god this is not the way it should be I should be party right now drinking gin tonic and like going crazy dancing diva right right, right. It was very surreal. Yeah, eventually I didn't like, sleep and I went to work. Exactly. Right. But it was very exciting. Now, at that point, all that you knew you were going to get to deal with this character was show up in Batman vs. Superman, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't assured that there would be a standalone. No, they wanted to check to see how I was doing on Batman vs. Superman before committing to the solo movie. But still, you at that point, even, even though they didn't know what they wanted to do, you were committing to how long? To be available to play Wonder Woman how many pictures well or how many years pictures. you so at, out front even it's though, up to them it's, it doesn't go by the year it okay goes it by number the of films. pictures yeah. okay so how does somebody prepare to play Wonder Woman for just that short few minutes in Batman vs Superman I had a few creative conversations with uh, Zach you know and I, I I didn't have the script for a while and it took time until I got the script and I tried to figure out her origin and what's her story and what drives her and what motivates her and who she is and what's her core. And I did a lot of research, like all of a sudden from being a person who never read a comic book. I read <laughs> most of them and like so many other books about her. Right. 
But then I think that, you know, because there is so much material about Wonder Woman, you can't, like, y- you got to decide what's relevant and what's not. Mm-hmm. So I think that the main thing for me was, okay, she's got to be strong and, and, and independent and powerful, obviously, but she needs to have some warmth and she needs to be a little witty and... Mm-hmm. To make her more relatable and to I want I wanted her to be charming in a way yeah yeah to still get in shape even though it's not a whole movie you still got to be in oh, great shape the, right uh, I was working out for like eight months wow. I think Wow yeah did those workouts address things like you know some of the fight stuff as well as just getting in good shape or what yeah. what were you doing in during those you months? do when I was prepping for Batman Superman I did a couple of hours of Of gym work and a couple of hours of stunt choreographies wow. a day yeah it was not it, it was nice it was great it was a good it sets a good base for Wonder Woman because when I started to prep for Wonder Woman I didn't have as much time mm-hmm. I had six months which is still plenty mm-hmm. but I did six hours a day full-blown workouts like everything you can imagine Wow Not everyone had loved some of these earlier DC extended universe movies there were there were very tough critics these people that love the universe are are tough you know they're demand they want what they want right now they announced that you who many of them had never heard of were gonna be Wonder Woman at least for Batman vs Superman and they were not immediately convinced a lot of people right that you were mm-hmm. you were the person for this how did you find out that there were some skeptics <laughs> I like the way <laughs> where you're going I see what you're trying to do right. <laughs> yeah they had a lot to say about the lack of boobs and the lack of booty oh that I wasn't even going for that but I'm, oh really that, what no. did you go for I, that's I just the said only the thing? online just message board things that people were you had some people that were bitching that you had been that who is this right but that was then that oh, was a second to have something uh but the, the the I noticed like the thing that I really noticed that they were very judgmental and being very critic about the way that I look that was like the major and that's what you were just referring to yes and exactly that, I mean I didn't know Wonder Woman I guess I haven't read the comics but I didn't know that that was so important yeah for the, for, for the performance of <laughs> right. the character right one would think yeah but you this kind of thing does not get to you no I think that because I had good few years to get ready to be scrutinized yeah. on, by trolls right. you know I got used to it and I don't take it personally so I have a thick skin when it comes to these type of of comments and you got the last laugh so and the- no and also you <laughs> I told one I told one um, in one of my interviews that everyone are talking about like how come I don't have a big breasts and I never thought that this would interfere that this is the the most important thing that Wonder Woman <laughs> has to have I thought right. it would be the performance right but if you want to be realistic yeah. and if you want to be like real mm-hmm. to the truth right. is that the Amazons had one boob because you Right. of the bow and arrow right, they had right. to cut off the other boobs right. so should we do go there <laughs> what do you want me to right, do right right you're actually going to be able to be more faithful to the character exactly if you want to be faithful to <laughs> right, the character right. let's cut one boob off right. but yeah we didn't do that no good thankfully but I was you know what I think that because I was so the excitement that I had yeah. for this character was so bigger than anything that nothing could have 
shake me. So the first time people see you as Wonder Woman is in these few minutes. Or I guess even in, was it in the trailer of mm-hmm. Batman vs Superman? I, is that where we saw the smirk? No. Well, maybe you're right. I don't know. Um, but I think that the first time was in the trailer when I'm when I'm exposing my face right. from the bush. And so was that your contribution, the smirk? Because people, you know, I think people got a kick out of it, and I don't think that was on paper anywhere, right? No, no, no. That was, uh, it's funny to take credit about a smirk because it's only a smirk. Yeah, but it set the tone. But yeah, I did this take and then I remember Zach asking me, did you just smile? And I said, yes, I think she would enjoy the fight. She didn't fight for a long time. And now this dude, Doomsday, comes on board and tries to challenge her. And she's like, really? (laughs) Okay, bring it on. I love it. Uh, Okay, so... Let's even go backwards for one more second, just because this is kind of, I think for somebody that's a fan of yours who's listening, this these are some major moments. When did you first put on the costume? After they cast me, I had to travel to Michigan, to lovely Michigan, yeah. which I really like, actually. And uh, I tried the costume in, in a huge hangar. It, it was really weird because... I got into this huge hangar yeah. and inside all the walls were white, white. And there were so many images of me as Wonder Woman <laughs> walking with like huge hair right. and like beautiful suit. And then we got into the room and I and I tried the costume for the first time. It was cool. It's cool to see it. Yeah, we'll see it everywhere on Halloween. Mm-hmm. I just <laughs> I think that'll be cool. I've been to Comic-Con. It's super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Batman vs. Superman comes out. You kind of steal the show. People are very into it. How soon after that did you find out there was going to be a Wonder Woman movie? Oh, no. I knew that we we're going to shoot Wonder Woman once we wrapped on Batman vs. Superman. So as Superman. soon as it was over, but before yeah. it wasn't even in... It, it's fortunate that people liked it, but it was going to happen anyway, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the next thing that has to happen is they, I guess, hire Patty Jenkins to do the Wonder Woman mm-hmm. movie. And she has said... Quote, I'm so picky about casting, and when I heard that they'd cast Wonder Woman, my heart sank. But oh my God, it was one of the luckiest things that ever happened to me because Gal Gadot (laughs) is so magical and wonderful. They found the best person in the universe. But, close quote. But she was not immediately sold. So when did you two first meet? We met in Atlanta. I was shooting a movie, and we were trying to find the right Steve Trevor. Mm Mm-hmm. And she came. She flew there to meet with me, and then we did a few camera tests with some guys. And I think that you know we had an amazing, amazing connection from the very first moment that we just sat down together and you know talk started to talk. Mm-hmm. Do you think Wonder Woman needed a female director to be successful, or was it just That's a kind of? Like, I don't know how I feel about, like, it's a Wonder Woman movie. It has to be a woman. It feels like we're so far behind. Like, even when people try to say, hey, look, women are doing great. They have (laughs) careers, da, da, da. Not in a beachy way. I'm just saying, you know, we're, we're, the equality is still not there. And by saying that, because it's, about Wonder Woman that we should have a, a woman director, I think like we should have the best person for the job and there's so many female directors that can be the right person for the job, mm-hmm. you know, in in all different movies, yeah. but they don't get the opportunities many, many, many times, right? Right. 
So on one hand, I'm happy that we did this correction about bringing someone who's a woman, but it's not that if it was a guy, then he would have done a better job. Petty was literally the best person for the job. Like, she delivered yeah. the goodies, yeah. you know? Her big thing, she says, was sincerity. She gets pissed, I guess, when movies now in the last 15, 20 years, she says, are winking right. at the camera, like, right. we're, aren't we all so clever? Was that a big thing with her on the set, or talking about the character? We're gonna we're gonna no, play the street. No, it was you know. So back to Atlanta when we had dinner together for I don't know how many hours, but we were talking about ourselves and life and family and the world and politics and how we see the world. We didn't even talk about the character. We didn't even talk about Wonder Woman. We were talking about the way we see the world. And I think that's why we connect in such a level, because I think that both Betty and I, we have very deep understanding of, you know, how dark the world is, but we still, like six-year-old girls, believe in good, mm-hmm. and, you know, good will overcome the evil, and light will overcome the darkness, etc., cetera, etc., cetera that it wasn't even an issue. It was very clear for both of us that this character is going to be sincere, that we're not going to play cynical, mm-hmm. that we're not going to be like the wah-wah, yeah. the <laughs> jokey, jokey. Right. It's a beautiful character with a beautiful story, and we should actually do it in the in its yeah. purest way. Wonder Woman, the movie, was made by Patty Jenkins. It's the same character, obviously, though, that we had just seen in Zack Snyder's movie. Right. So is there anything about the two characters that you play in, or the same character that you're playing in two movies, did you approach them differently at all between the two? Yeah. In a way, yeah, of course. I think that, first of all, when I came on board for Batman versus Superman, the script was ready and the, the, the character was already there waiting for me to talk yeah. her out. And there was so much I could do creatively, you know, in the context of the story. Mm-hmm. And when we were working on Wonder Woman on the movie, I had a lot more involvement when it comes to the, you know, the, the creative and who the who the character is. What would she do? Is this a good, you know, I was just... Plus it's a different time period, right? It's, it's a different time period. And we're, for the f- very first time, establishing the... Or for the first time, yeah. like, it wasn't even in the, you know the origin story of this character. Yeah. So I ha- it, it was funny because it was a reversed work because mm-hmm. when I shot Batman Superman, I shot the end result, kind of, yeah. and then I had to go all the way to the beginning yeah. and start and dig in deep yeah. and, and explore this character. So overall, the whole experience, it seemed like there were there's obviously some really fun... There's kick-ass stuff in the movie. There's the fun stuff when she goes to London and she's trying the clothes, which is like... Pretty Woman or something. What for you was the the highlight, and what for you was the hardest part of this shoot? Which um, I think was you said six months. Yeah, it's funny because when whenever you finish a project, then you're always like you say it was the best time. But, <laughs> but with this with this one, it was yeah. such a unique experience. It was I I guess that the hardest part was that it was very very physical. Mm-hmm six days a week, six months, working out every freaking day and shooting in England 
wearing the Wonder Woman costume in the winter, oh, during nighttime, whatever. So I guess that really the, the, the hardest parts were, the, you know, the hurdles yeah. were, were the physical stuff. Yeah. When did you see the film for the first time and what was that like? Weird. I saw the film, I, I saw the very first cut and it was the very first time that I saw first cut. Mm -hmm. And you need to understand. <laughs> Watching a first cut of a superhero movie is an experience. But it was funny. I remember when it ended, I thought to myself, okay, it works. The story works. And then I, I went to Patty's house because she was watching Alma, my daughter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but you know, I think that this and that. Blah, blah. And then she told me, I'm with you. I know how you feel because this is the first time you're watching the right. first cut. This is a process you need to go through. I can't be next to you right now because really? I care so much how you feel that until this doesn't sink in, right. like, let's talk about it in a few days when you're like, you know, when, when everything like is... Was there any CGI or anything in there Nothing, yet? Oh, nothing. That would be temp extra music, weird. Temp music, temp CGI, <laughs> temp this. We changed the, the third act. Like, everything was moving pieces. And then I remember coming to the second screening and I came by myself mm -hmm. that time with a notebook and a huge jug of coffee, some M&M's, some, like to, to keep myself focused. And I was sitting next to the place where you can call the guy who shows you the video yeah. to stop, to freeze, yeah. to pause. And I told him, okay, just so you know, I'm going to pause you a few times. So bear it with me. Thank you so much. So I start to watch the movie, and I'm like, wow, 10 minutes to the movie, still didn't pause it, because I wanted yeah, to take yeah, notes. Yeah. And then the movie goes on and on and on and on and on, and it ended, and I had two notes, That's great. like in minor yeah, ones, yeah. and I was like, oh my God, That's this is insane, yeah. With our last minute, I just want to do something, if we can, call rapid fire, just the first That's thing it? that comes to your mind. Oh, no. I know, I don't want to let you go, it's been much. fun. No, it's been great, but I, okay, so just the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. How did you spend opening weekend? I actually think we were with the Jenkins and the, I think we were to, all together in, in my house yeah, at the pool. What have you made of the success? 800 million worldwide, now the biggest superhero origin movie ever. All these other things, you know, it's so many different records. What's the main takeaway for you about all that? How do you process that? I'm still processing that, but I'm super proud and I'm, I couldn't be happier and grateful. What have you made of the reaction of fans and particularly young fans everybody saw this video of you at comic-con with this little girl dressed as wonder woman who was so thrilled oh. to meet you that she was oh. crying and i'm sure that's not the only instance of that so just the fact that it's meant so much to people what has that meant to you it's a privilege to be able to affect people in to such an extent especially the little people it's the best what does it mean to be a feminist and are you a feminist of course I am. To be a feminist to me is is all about freedom of choice and equality. And I think that everyone should be feminist and whoever is not is a sexist. <laughs> but yes, I'm a very, very proud feminist. How have you handled the fact that now your face is known to a lot more people than it was before? So fame, is it something that you have adjusted to yet? Yes and no, because yes, I'm used to it. No, it's new and it's it comes now in, in different volumes. But on the other hand, I try not to pay too much attention to it. So right. it's kind of, it's okay. Last it is two. what it is. 
I know that you haven't had much time to digest all of this because you've, I think you've been working again, but I read that you are back. Have you been working some more, uh, a few additions on just on the next Justice League movie? I guess we're going to see more of your character. Have you been back to work on that? Oh, we've we're done. We're, we finished shooting Justice League. Yes, yes. Uh, you're going to see Wonder Woman more in more Justice League. And lastly, going forward, does the fact that you're in Wonder Woman affect your ability to do other things, or are there are there other things that specifically you hope to do in these next few years? Oh, there's plenty. There's a very, very special projects that I'm working on. And I can't wait to share it. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.